All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome in to Daily Face Off Live, your go to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It is Tuesday, June 20th, and this is Daily Faceoff Live brought to you by Botano. The game starts now with Botano.ca and Newsweek started yesterday, right, Frank? Are, are things bubbling? Can hockey fans be expecting something in the next 24 hours? You Newsweek. call it Newsweek, too. Come on. It. Yeah, not we're not calling it Newsweek. This is hockey trade season, and this week is my Super Bowl. Uh, he is NHL insider Frank Saravalli. One of the big moments on your insider calendar. It's this and it's trade deadline. And hopefully things get ramped up right away here. Uh, let's start two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And Frank, I want to start with an interesting thought exercise that popped into my head. We know who the teams are that are sitting there and contending for a Stanley Cup. We know who the teams are who are firmly rebuilding. And we'll talk about them in just a second. But I want to talk about the teams that have interesting decisions to make this offseason and not from a should we trade this guy? Should we sign this guy? But more of an organizational philosophy question of should we continue to try to keep our window open or should we bite the bullet and go into the rebuild? I'm going to give you four teams, Nashville, Washington, Vancouver and Calgary. Which one of those teams do you think should be? Nope. Trying to keep that window open. And which one of them maybe needs to look at the mirror and go, we aren't making the playoffs. We aren't a contender. We need to take the step back. Well, I think the Vancouver Canucks have already answered that question for us, that they think that they're ready to take that step. No surprise, because it's kind of been their MO, Tyler, the last couple of years is to try and compete. And the Oliver ekman Larson buyout essentially kicks their cap troubles down the road and gives them some serious flexibility right now, seven plus million dollars in additional space. Plus, they have an LTIR candidate that brings them somewhere around $10 million worth of space that they can go out and do something with. Which team do I think you know should go in the other direction? That, to me, is the more interesting question. It's not which team should, should push, 
which teams should probably continue uh, to go and rebuild. And a team that sticks out to me in that group is the Nashville Predators. Yes, they have the goaltender in UC Soros to remain competitive. And yes, they have some pieces at the very top of their lineup in Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson and Roman Yossi, of course, on the back end. But I just don't know that they have the depth to really get there in the short term. And maybe that's the easier part to build than going the other way. But for me, I look at the Preds and I say, they're kind of the team that's most stuck in neutral that, um, you know, they, they need a push one way or the other. And we seem to get an indication from David Poyle on his way out with the pieces that he traded uh, before the trade deadline that they seem to be signaling that direction. But what we don't have any real sense of yet, Tyler, is what exactly and how does Barry Trotz feel as their new GM? Well, and it's also interesting, Frank, to look at a team like that and know that Barry Trotz is taking over in year one, right? That's going to be a GM who has term on his deal. And that's a franchise, as we saw with David Poyle, that was very loyal to their GM. So you get the sense that if Barry Trotz wanted to kind of take the step back, go through a little bit of a rebuild, that he would probably have the leash to do exactly that. You mentioned Yossi and all the other important pieces. I mean, Forsberg and Saros are 28, not getting any younger. Roman Yossi is 33 years old with five more years left on that big contract as well. So their key pieces are getting towards the edge of their prime, but their GM might need to take more or might be willing, I should say, with the Terminals deal to take more of a long-term view. They're interesting. What about the Washington Capitals? I know we had some questions on the inbox last week, but is that a situation where like, Kind of like the Penguins as well. As long as Ovi and Crosby are there, those two teams are going for it. Yeah, I think part of the deal with re-signing Alex Ovechkin to the contract that he did is he continues his assault on the record books and chasing down Wayne Gretzky for the NHL's goal-scoring title is that they sort of have promised to him that in the meantime, they're going to try and remain as competitive as possible And Brian McClellan has not a blank slate, but he's got a real opportunity now to build around this Caps team that he finally, for the first time in a long time, has some cap flexibility, has some open roster positions. And, you know, you see things like the Sandine trade last year at the deadline, something that, you know, get a little bit younger, try and remain in this window to win and and maybe do it on the fly a little bit at the same time. You know, you look at a team like the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, they were able to do it and have a younger core with Cairo and Thomas, et cetera. But they also traded away a lot of pieces along the way to be able to gain that flexibility. So um, that's sort of where I envision the Caps trying to continue to be competitive. Let's talk about some of the teams that are firmly in the rebuilding process. And one of the things we've seen over the past few off seasons as the cap continued to stay flat was that teams who are lower down, who have that cap space, they're not just sitting well below the cap ceiling. They're sitting there and weaponizing that cap space. Frank, who are some teams that you're looking at this summer who can use the oodles of cap space they have to try to add on some future assets? Well, it's actually a pretty thin crop. And I was talking about this with an NHL GM yesterday who was saying, you know, I think the market, the teams that might be in the mix to really go out and take on bad contracts has dwindled a bit. You've seen some of those teams that previously might have been in that space that might have entertained the idea of that. They're now building and going in a different direction. So I'm going to throw four teams at you and they're all in varying different uh, orders in terms of teams uh, that have cap space that are willing to use it to take on bad deals. 
So the team that stands out most is the Chicago Blackhawks. They've got tons of cap space and certainly have a willingness to do that. Next uh, would actually, in terms of aggressiveness, um, I think is actually the Philadelphia Flyers. They have the least amount of cap space, as you see on this chart, but they also have some players that they're going to be trading away that they're going to be uh, gaining more flexibility here. And we'll talk about the Flyers in a minute as a real team to watch over the next week to 10 days. Uh, I would put the San Jose Sharks next. Uh, and say that they're willing to get creative and and you utilize some of the spending capability that they have from their ownership group to really try and begin their asset harvest, which Mike Greer, one year on the job now, has not really gone about doing just yet. And then last, I would put the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I think Pat Verbeek has an appetite for it. I think he's entertained those types of discussions before, and I think you've seen him weaponize his cap space or at least attempt to in a bit of a different way, spending last summer in free agency with guys like John Klingberg to then try and recoup some picks and some assets later on. And it didn't exactly work out the way that he had planned, but I also think that he sets a pretty high price. And when you consider the Ducks and where they're at in the draft, the ability to get a really good player um, they're going to need to spend just to kind of fill out their defense core. So they're, the cap space you see listed here isn't necessarily exactly what they're going to have. They have the ability to do it. I also think they want to try and you know slightly begin the, the march to being competitive by drafting a player at number two overall. You mentioned the Sharks there. I have a quick follow-up on that. When we think about weaponizing cap space, my mind at first jumps to bringing on bad contracts, bailing other teams out to get picks. But for the Sharks, could it also maybe mean they're more willing to retain serious money on a piece like Carlson or other veterans in that lineup? Yeah, so I think the Sharks have you know looked at a bunch of different models of you know, if we retain at this rate, what do you think our asking price could be? If we retain at this rate, what do you think we could get for Eric Carlson? And so they're kind of all over the map. The point is they're definitely willing to do that, um, but they're also willing to get creative and take on some other deals at the same time and, and still, you know, potentially want to trade a few guys that are on their roster as well. So, you know, I'd be curious to see how, you know, deep Mike Greer dips his toe into this water to really use the cap space that he does have to try and get this team heading in the right direction because they've been at the bottom of the league for the last three to four years now, and they don't really have a lot to show for it and still have a lot of players on their team that have term. I don't expect them to be using buyouts on any of those players, but still um, they could potentially try and make a few smart moves here to get additional assets. We are Eight, five, six days away from the NHL draft, but we're also only 11 days away from the start of free agency. It's funny how things are so tight together here at the end of June, uh, early July, Frank. I want to talk about a free agent who is in the top 10 of your top 50 free agents, and it's Ryan O'Reilly coming off the midseason move to the Toronto Maple Leafs. How do you think O'Reilly and his camp are going to approach this free agency? He's in his early 30s still. Will he be hunting down a three, four-year deal at a good cap? It Does he want one more payday? Or is this a guy who's going to do the one, two-year, take a discount, I want to play on a winner row? I don't envision him taking a, a significant discount to go play on a winner. And that's not to say that he's money hungry. I just think that he's in one of those spots where he can still cash in with a pretty decent AAV 
and some, you know, not major long term, but at 32 years old, he could get a three or a four year deal somewhere that could put, you know, 20, 25 million dollars in his pocket. So I think he's sort of somewhere in the five and a half million dollar range in terms of AAV on a four year deal, something like that. Um, still, as he showed in Toronto, has game left, not quite at the level that he was at, you know, the first year with the Blues that he was, you know, winning the Conn Smythe Trophy, but plays with a ton of edge, um, competes like no other. And so, you know, naturally at the center position too, someone that plays a complete game and has those leadership capabilities, those guys are always going to be in demand. So, I, my my understanding, my thought process is that he's essentially priced himself out of a return to Toronto. And there has also been some speculation behind the scenes of, hey, the Blues loved having this guy there. Is there any chance that they could bring him back on a deal that might make sense to bring O'Reilly back into the fold? We have an inbox question about the St. Louis Blues that we're maybe going to touch on a little bit later in the show Uh Let's talk a little off-season preview now, Frank. We're almost through all 32 teams, actually, as we check them all off our list. Today, we're talking about the Colorado Avalanche. And the big question for the Avs is, how are they going to spend that Gabriel Landeskog money? Obviously, losing their captain for the entire year, not ideal. Creates a massive hole in their lineup, but it does give them some LTIR space to potentially play with in the summer. You think the Avs are going to go kind of out, shop hard, try to bring in a big name like a Hayes or a Shifley? Or is that maybe not the route you envision them going? No, I do envision the Avs getting pretty aggressive, knowing that they have the pieces in McCarr and McKinnon in place already to really, you know, jump back into being the elite of the the elite in the NHL. The Landis Cog, you know, missing him hurts. There's no doubt. The flexibility really helps, especially in this year, because I think you have the ability, if the cap isn't increasing this summer, to know that one year from now, it's probably going up seven or eight million dollars. That will cover most of Landeskog coming back into your lineup, so to speak. So um, that really is a fortuitous bounce in terms of timing and the way the cap is, is working at the moment for the abs. And in the meantime, what they really have to start and make a decision on is JT Comfer. He's someone that they have in their lineup already. You see 52 points last year in 82 games. Hits free agency at a great time for him. A thin free agent crop, 28 years old. And at the center position, there's not many of those guys to go around. So they have to make the call of, are we bringing JT Comfer back? Or are we going to per- pursue the market elsewhere, likely on the trade front? And if so, or if we're going out to get a guy uh, that might make a little bit more money than JT Comfort or they'd be willing to pay him, what are they going to do on the back end? They've got Sam Girard sitting there as a fantastic trade chip that at $5 bucks a year with uh, some term remaining, I think is a great bargain buy and probably too rich for what the abs can do or afford to pay the guy that plays the fourth most minutes on their blue line. So the abs have, you know, some real decisions to make this summer, not an easy stretch to navigate based on the number of players that they need to sign. Even with that additional Landis cog help, they've got a lot of roster spots to fill out with not a lot of cap space. And so they're going to be bargain basement hunting um, on that market, whether it's trade or free agent wise, but they got to get that center position correct. And the depth, needs to be good because I think that's one thing that really held the abs back last year is not having the proper depth to go on a deep run. 
I was looking at some of the UFA pieces they're potentially losing this year, players who are eligible to hit unrestricted free agency. And I wonder if some of these guys could end up being bargain options for the abs. You think about Eric Johnson, obviously had a very high AAV the last couple of years, 35 years old. Is that a guy, Frank, who could just love playing in Colorado so much that he's like, hey, I'll come back for 1.5, 1.75 just to try win here. Maybe, but I also think he's at the point in his career where he's slowing down a bit mm-hmm. and you know they might want to go in a different direction. But maybe for a guy that you're looking to only play third pair minutes, that might be a, a valuable piece to keep around as someone that you can rely on. I mean, look, they went out and, and brought Jack Johnson back at last year's trade deadline. So gives you some kind of indication in terms of how they view um, and trust some veterans playing on their back end. Uh, Jeremiah in the YouTube chat, our pal chimed in a couple minutes ago and said, is Frank live tweeting while you're doing the show? You better believe it because we do have some breaking news today. The Arizona Coyotes have placed Zach Cassian and Patrick Nemeth on unconditional waivers for the purpose of a buyout. Zach Cassian's cap hit will go from, I think, $3.5 million and end up saving quite a bit for the Arizona Coyotes this year. It'll get knocked down to one6 this year, then a 766 k cap hit. The next time is that maybe foreshadowing a bit about what the coyotes could do frank yeah let's dive in and talk about yeah. that on icebreakers yeah let's get into icebreakers <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Icebreakers with our guy, Frank Saravalli. A new trade targets list is coming up to dailyfaceoff.com. So let's dig into it, Frank. We've known that the Jets, or we've been speculating that the Jets and the Flames are two teams that are going to be very busy and active on the trade front. Who's maybe batting third in that order in your mind? And I'm not sure they're batting third because I think they're one of the most aggressive teams right now. And that would be the Philadelphia Flyers. Depending on who you talk to, there are some that think the Flyers were pretty close to a trade for Kevin Hayes, who's number three on our trade targets board, uh, just heading into the weekend on Friday. Some of these things, Tyler, run hot and cold. But nonetheless, the point here is that the Flyers are going to be very aggressive over the next couple of weeks 
as Danny Briere is hungry to make trades and rejig this team. Certainly from a salary cap perspective, we mentioned the idea of uh, taking on some bad contracts from other teams. They've done that already in Cal Peterson and Sean Walker. And they've got, look at Travis Konechny here in the 10 spot on our newest trade targets board. I think he's potentially the biggest um, off-season trade chip out there. Two more seasons remaining at $5.5 million. He might be the most valuable player on the entire board because of that cap hit, because of the term that he has, because of the season that he's coming off of, 31 goals in 60 games, more than a point per game, the best season of his career. And if you're thinking about it from a Flyers perspective, I'm sure some Flyers fans are sitting there watching this show going, Travis Konechny is 26 years old. He's north of a point per game. When he's on, he looks like Brad Marchand light. Why on earth would the Flyers be trading him? And the answer to that is really pretty simple. I don't think the timelines line up here, Tyler. He's 26 and the Flyers are embarking on this tear it down rebuild. That's probably going to be five to six years before they're competitive again. They'd have to re-sign Konechny at some point during that stretch. Doesn't make any sense to pay a guy to stick around that's going to be 31, 32 on the back end of where you get to where you want to get to. And his value at this moment may never be higher uh, than it is right now. So I think the Flyers have a bunch of really interesting decisions to make. And Aaron, if you want to throw that board up again quickly of the Flyers pieces that they could be moving, we've talked about Carter Hart and Scott Lawton and Tony D'Angelo further down the board too is Travis Sanheim at 36. He's got an eight-year deal for 50 million bucks, $6.25 million a year, which is exactly what Damon Severson already signed for. Now, here's the thing. Again, the Flyers doesn't make any sense to be paying a player up until his 35th birthday for a team that's rebuilding. So can they move on from someone like Travis Sanheim um, before his no trade, his full no trade clause kicks in on July 1st. Danny Breer has a lot of different lines in the water as Flyers GM. And one of the thoughts was that Hayes might be packaged with a defenseman, whether that's Tony D'Angelo or Travis Sanheim. And all I can say is we're watching the Jets, we're watching the Calgary Flames, but definitely keep an eye on the Philadelphia Flyers as a major trade player over the next couple of weeks. It is yeah, going to be a busy couple of weeks down in your neck of the woods in Philly, Frank. Uh, I teased it a little bit at the end. The Arizona Coyotes. Traditionally, when you think about the Coyotes and their offseason approaches the last couple of years, it's been what? Stockpile draft picks, take on bad contracts in order to get to the to the salary floor. Is that approach maybe changing? I mean, we just saw they bought out two guys. That approach is changing, and I can tell you that there is an about face coming for the Arizona Coyotes. They are looking to be more competitive next year. They think that they can take the next step in their process. So first and most importantly, what that means is they're not going to be trading away pieces like Lawson Krause and Nick Schmaltz that had made it to our trade targets board at varying points last season. The Jacob Chikrin one may be a little bit different because he had a trade request that was lingering out there for a while for the Coyotes. And I'm not saying that the Coyotes are going to be one of those teams that's going to be shopping at Gucci or Prada or whatever it might be. They may be you know, more in the Walmart uh, location in terms of what they're looking to add to their team. And But the point is well made by you in that they're not going to be taking on bad contracts as a dumping ground for other teams. 
and they've got a ton of assets that they can move to try and add players. Take a look at their draft board here. It's unbelievable. They have 22 picks in the top 100 over the next three NHL drafts, 2023, 24, and 25. And more than that, they have eight second rounders in each of the next two drafts. So they can package some of those picks. They've got the extra first round pick picking at six and 12. I don't think they're trading that uh, either one of those picks this time around. They want to add those right to their team. And oh, by the way, I, you know, I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibility that Logan Cooley signs with this team uh, for next season. So oh. there's a lot of things happening with the Arizona Coyotes. But the point is, yes, they may be a team without a home but they want to be more competitive on the ice next season and moving forward. They think they're ready to take another step in their process. So you mentioned, you know, not shopping at Gucci shopping at Walmart, but I look at that board, all of those draft picks. And I think of the team you talked about in part one, the flyers who want draft picks have some youngish pieces. Like are the Konechny's and Sanheim's out of the range for the coyotes, or is that the kind of player you think they could look at? Probably. I, I don't think they're going to be swinging that big. I think they want to stack up a bunch of smart, smaller moves together. But I, I think they'd be in the market to listen to just about everything. And you look at this draft board, too. The other thing, Tyler, is they can't actually make all these picks like they could. But there's no way to sign all of these players. And not all of them are going to make it to the NHL anyway. So to use some of them and to trade some of them, I think, would be the smartest move for the Yotes. Yeah, uh, maybe a Seattle Kraken-esque offseason. You think about last year, right? They dip in, sign Burakovsky, make a smart move for Bjorkstrand, add some nice pieces, whole team kind of rounds out. Uh, let's move along and head out east, Frank. One new name on your board is Barkley Goudreau with the New York Rangers. $3.6 million cap it for, I think, five more seasons. Uh, what's the deal with Goudreau and the Rangers? Yeah, I think you you touched on it. Part of it is the term. Part of it is that the Rangers are looking for some salary cap flexibility. And I think the headline to put on this is that the Rangers are gauging the market for Barkley Goodrow. Now, I, I, I stepped into some hot water with some speculation on Monday about the idea of a TJ Brody buyout with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's not happening. The point was, look at the number for TJ Brody on the buyout and how interesting and intriguing that is. Now do the same for Barkley Goodrow. I don't think they're buying him out, but if you look at his buyout, he has a unique cap credit. So not only would they uh, be removing the full $3.64 million cap hit, but they'd also be getting an additional $200,000 in space on top of that for next season and another $100,000 beyond that. Again, don't think he's a buyout. I think his production has been just okay for the Rangers. It hasn't you know, really reached the level of, that type of pay scale. But nonetheless, the Rangers are looking at all their different options, no guarantees to move, but certainly one name, Barkley Goodrow, that's been out there in the last few days. What about the Florida Panthers, Frank, a team that just finished up an electric run to the Stanley Cup final as an eight seed? They made the big splash, the ultimate splash last summer. Do they have more big moves up their sleeve? Well, they'd like to be aggressive. Here's the thing, though. They have some really significant injuries that are looming for this team that will prevent both Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour from being ready for game one of the regular season. Don't have exact timelines on both of those guys yet, but they could be out for a couple months into next season. 
So, yes, they have some contracts coming off the books like a Patrick Hornquist and some dead cap space as well that will provide the Cats with some fresh cap space to go out and acquire a couple players and or uh, try and bring in players on the free agent market. But nonetheless, they can't go out and spend that money for Ekblad and Montour, for instance, because they know that they need to account for them early into next season. So the Cats are in an intriguing you know, spot where they want to be aggressive, but might not be able to be fully aggressive as they'd like to be because of the injury situation. And on top of that, I think they're going to try and convince a couple defensemen. I don't know if they're going to be successful or not, but maybe coming off of that run to the Stanley cup final and some of the players that they have up front, including Kachuk and uh, someone like Alexander Barkov is to take one of these defensemen that, you know, has fallen on some hard times in the NHL, whether it's Oliver Ekman Larson coming off of the buyout or it's Matt Dumba after his tough season in Minnesota or John Klingberg after a tough year that ended in Minnesota. Maybe get one of those guys, see if you can convince them to play on a short-term, short-money deal to step into the Panthers lineup. We'll get, uh, as mentioned, with Ekblad and Montour out, get a chance on the power play to start the year and really go after some of those guys to see if they can make some smart moves in that sense to improve their decor, because I think that's really the push. They'd like to go out and get a couple top four defensemen if they can find them, and more importantly, if they can afford them. Time flies when you are talking trade rumors, Frank. Uh, That'll be a wrap on this week's edition of Icebreakers. couple inbox questions for you, Frank, coming from our YouTube chat. If you're watching there, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button as well if you haven't already. This one comes in from Dark underscore Ness. I love when you make me read ridiculous YouTube names. They want to know how aggressive will Doug Armstrong be when it comes to potentially moving those first round picks he's got stockpiled. I can tell you this right now. You can underline it in Sharpie, tweet it, whatever you want. Doug Armstrong is not walking to the podium three times in Nashville on Wednesday, June 28th to make three first round picks not happening. I don't know if he's just going to make one or if it's two, but he's definitely going to be leveraging those two picks late in the first round, beginning at number 25 overall to try and make the St. Louis blues better right in the here. And now it's going to be players that are 25 and under, um, So that type of age range that they'd like to add to their core to go along with Kairou and Thomas, but that's along the lines of thinking. And I, I, you know, my thought process is the the blues are going to be one of those teams. That's pretty aggressive too. Troy Novak wants to know about a player who is on your board, who I, or who is in, in trade talks, I suppose, Andrew peak in Columbus, any potential fits for him? And what do you think the return could be? Yeah, you know, I I think maybe the cap hit or term is something that stands out for peak, that there may not be a ton of value there for the Blue Jackets to mine. But that same in the same breath that I say that, that's also a reason why the Blue Jackets are trying to move him. The the math doesn't really add up um, when you consider the other pieces that they've already added to their blue line this summer in Provorov and in um Severson to go along with a healthy Zach Wierenski. So peak, I think is sort of the odd man out from a pricing perspective. And at at the very least, the Columbus blue jackets, if not peak are definitely looking to move a defenseman because it becomes a numbers game there with 
uh, someone like Jake Bean getting healthy. Uh, you've got Blankenberg. Matichuk is expected to make a dent in this team, uh, pardon the pun. And also David Yurichek expected to take a big step forward as well for the Blue Jackets. And uh, finally, I guess I just want to get your opinion on this. Your thoughts on the Philadelphia Flyers and their little rebrand today, announcing their new jersey set. They may not be good on the ice, but they'll look good. Yeah, uh, don't love the new jersey sponsor. The blue stands sure. out, but yeah. like the new burnt orange, going back to the roots of the 80s and 90s sort of takes me back to my childhood. And uh, it's kind of the one constant in pro sports. The Flyers don't do anything goofy with their logo. It is what it is, and it hasn't changed. It hasn't been modernized. It hasn't looked any different. If you go back to the entire run of the organization from 1967 on, the only thing that's changed about the Flyers logo has been the color of the puck in the middle, changing slight variations of orange. So love one of the constants and traditions in pro sports. Let's wrap up the show with a little garbage time, Frank, and a little piece of news we got this morning that Sean Monahan's re-upping on a one-year deal with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, maybe why does this make sense? He's had an interesting little career path here. He has, and it hasn't always been easy, which is why I wanted to give him a little love in garbage time. He's getting back and getting healthy again after yet another tough season. But really, when he started to play last year for the Montreal Canadiens, showed signs of and flashes of being closer to the player that he was for the Calgary Flames, you know, a number of years back. And it's hard to get back to that level. But I think this is a worthy bet by both Monaghan's camp and the Montreal Canadiens. One year at $1.85 million. He has the potential to uh, earn $1.985 million. He has the potential to earn that final $15,000 to get to a fresh two and clean $2 million um, by virtue of playing 26 games next year for the Canadiens. So, I think uh, this gives him a little change in his pocket. This gives him opportunity. This gives the Montreal Canadiens some leadership, some help and support at the center position. And if the Canadiens struggle again next season, and a lot of people don't see them as a playoff team, Monaghan could easily be flipped at the deadline uh, as a center for a team that's about to go on a Stanley Cup run. So I like this from every side. And uh, best wishes to Sean Monaghan as he tries to get healthy. There you go. Yeah, a really good deal. Six goals in 25 games last year before getting hurt with the Habs. Almost or that is a 20 goal pace, I believe. I can't do math that fast. So I'm just going to end the show, Frank. That's going to do it for another edition of Daily Face Off Live brought to you by Botano. Big shout out to everyone in the YouTube. There were a lot of you today. We hope to see you again tomorrow. Noon Eastern. Chat then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.